January 3rd, we lost an amazing person and John Mason passed away after fighting pancreatic cancer. During his battle, he continued to live his life to the fullest, I mean the absolute fullest, and was eager to tell stories about his long, long coaching career. Coach Mason visited with Edge of Your Seat Podcast on episode 184, titled Boy, 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 and he may have said it different. I got to go back and listen to it just to remember the awesome chat that we had with John Mason. But that was the title of it. It's BWI, BWI, BWI. And that was something that he said during his coaching career that people remembered. He spoke of teams, players, his battle with cancer, all kinds of memories. And even when he was talking about the cancer, he never seemed scared. He kept his quirky humor. He was funny. He was awesome to speak with. We appreciated it then. We appreciate it now. And realize that you mean so much to so many people. There was memorials to you and thoughtful Twitters and messages when you passed away. Just wanted to send a special rest in peace to Coach John Mason on one episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. It may be more, could be more, quite possible. No reason that it happened on episode 252, which this is. But very special guy, very special coaching tenure, just an amazing, amazing individual. Sad that you left us, but I know that you're in a better place. Rest in peace, Coach John Mason. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. This is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Like I said, episode 184, go back and check out Coach John Mason. These socials, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. You can also check out my personals, which are Brandon Lachance. Looks like L.A. Chance on Facebook. And then Twitter is Lachance, L.A. Chance, writer. And on any of those sites, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, star, like, review, comment. Please do all those things. Helps us out. It's pretty cool to see the feedback and, you know, people are listening and loving Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Much appreciated all the time. Speaking of, if you have any questions, suggestions, you like something I said, don't like something I said, same thing with the guest, you want to add something, you want to say a statement about something on the show, or you want to be a sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, send an email, Podcast at gmail.com and always 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 much love to brian cavelli cavelli productions for the intro and outro beat this show is brought to you by mendota ford a community dealership that is here for you this is episode 252 and we have a mendota ford representative he's been on the show many times ski hartman general manager and sales manager at mendota ford He's been there three years now, doing some good things. He comes on, talks some football, because we got a Super Bowl this weekend. We spoke to him before the AFC and NFC championships, but we made sure we brought in the Super Bowl because we didn't know when this would get out. So we talk about football. We got him, and we got Christian Rose, a wrestler with Dreamwave, 
They're putting on a show February 11th at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. As I understand, the tickets are already sold out. And it makes sense. Shane Douglas, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Raven, who was supposed to be at the last show but could not make it, Nick Eldis, and the AAA Mega Champion, El Hijo del Vikingo, all slated to be there, plus 12 Gage, who we've had on the show, and who just won a championship with Zawa. I saw his Facebook. I'm sure we'll have him back on. He's already been on two or three times. Great chat. Always cool to speak with him. Mike Hartenbauer was on about four or five episodes ago. He will be there. And of course, Christian Rose. So we had a great conversation with Christian. Getting ready for the show. Talking about what brought him into wrestling. And how he just simply loves it. We also have a grab bag with some national stuff. And of course, win-lose state as playoffs are in full burner right now. Today is... February 9th, it's a Thursday, and regional quarterfinals for girls basketball starts tomorrow. Boys are next week. Boys bowling has already been to state and finished. Competitive dance, been to state and finished. Competitive cheerleading, they had state last weekend. Girls bowling will be sectionals this weekend. Boys wrestling is in sectionals. Girls wrestling starts sectionals. And then we got boys swimming February 18th. And then boys hoops regional quarterfinals also start February 18th. So we're in the thick of things now. Just about everything is going. Only a couple sports that haven't begun yet. So we have to catch up. We are going to go from January 10th to January 17th. Every podcast that we do, we'll do a week at a time. Get everybody caught up as fast as possible. So that is the plan for this episode. Let's start with the grab bag. Lots of stuff to talk about. Mostly NBA because, you know, we're in the thick of things in the NBA as the All-Star Weekend is coming up February 17th to the February 19th. Captains, of course, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, and LeBron James. It makes sense. The starters for the East. But I don't know how this is going to work because there's been a lot of trades. We might get into those. I wrote the script before all the trades. Maybe we'll just glance on them as we go. But here was the East starting lineup. Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick. And Kevin Durant, as of late last night, is a Phoenix Sun. Him, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. That could be a really, really dangerous team. They did, however, lose all their depth. Miles Bridges, Cam Johnson, who I was a fan of both of them. But their role players can be replaced, can be changed. But uh, they brought a lot to the table. Not as much as KD. But uh, we'll see what happens there. And we'll see what happens with this NBA All-Star lineup as well. And on the West was Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. All of them are still in the West. If you bring over Kyrie Irving, does that change anything? I don't know how this will work. We will find out. Recently just announced the rest of the lineups. And there's a draft. Like I said, the captains, Giannis and LeBron. They will have a draft. 6.30 p.m. Sunday, February 19th. Here is who they can choose from. Bam, Adebayo from the Heat. 
Jalen Brown from the Celtics, DeMar DeRozan from the Bulls, Joel Embiid from the 76ers, Paul George from the Clippers, Shea Gilgis Alexander from the Thunder, Tyrese Halliburton from the Pacers, Drew Holiday from the Bucks, Jaron Jackson Jr. from the Grizz, Damian Lillard from the Blazers, Laurie Markinen from the Jazz, Ja Morant from the Grizzlies, Julius Randle from the Knicks, and DeMontis Sabonis from the Kings. First of all, Laurie Markinen has been playing really well. I don't get it because when he was a bull, he was a bust. He was awful. He moves on, goes somewhere else. He's playing all right. I still don't like him. I still don't want to see him in the All-Star game. I hope he doesn't play well. Sorry. I just I want to see uh, somebody dunk over him. I'm trying to think who would be against him. Maybe Paul George or Ja Morant. That would be awesome. I was surprised that Zach Levine didn't get in here or Vucevic. But yeah, when you're in 10th or 11th place in the Eastern Conference, you probably only deserve one, and that should be DeMar DeRozan. Mention the Kyrie trade. He was traded to the Mavericks a couple days ago. The Nets received Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2027 second-round pick, a 2029 first unprotected pick, and a 2029 second-round pick for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. Holy wow. That's a lot of picks for Kyrie Irving, who doesn't always play a lot. He's either hurt or he's got some weird thing going on. You can decide what the weird thing is on your own. But, uh, wow, that's a crazy trade. I do like Spencer Dinwiddie. And Finney Smith is becoming a good shooter and a good role player. But now with Kyrie gone and Kevin Durant gone, who went to the Suns, there's going to be not any star power, and I don't know how they click. But we've seen it happen before when teams like that click. The OKC Thunder right now. SGA leading the way with a bunch of role players or really good players. And they're playing really good basketball right now. So, hey, we've seen it happen. Should have led the show off with this, but I wanted to give the respect needed for John Mason because I hadn't done that yet. January 3rd and it's February 9th. It was over a month and I wanted to say something about John because he was a great guy. LeBron James created history on Tuesday, February 7th as he became the NBA all-time leading scorer. It is only during the regular season. Playoff points are not contributed to this. But LeBron needed 36 to catch Kareem's 38,387. He scored 38. He scored two more points, and he was dominant doing so. The dude is 38 years old and just is still a great basketball player. He will not be my GOAT. That will, of course, be Michael Jordan. But I cannot take away anything from what LeBron has done. He's been great for the game on the court. He's been great for the game off the court. And as much smack talk and as much as we try to bring LeBron down, he always does the right thing. He always says the right thing. He over, way, way overshot his expectations. Yes, thought he was the second coming out of high school and that he would be a great player. Did anybody think that he would surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record? No. Anybody think that he would be in the top five in assist? No, absolutely not. I think he's top four right now and has many more games left to go up the rankings. Like he can still do so. 
He is going down as one of the greatest. He will be on the Mount Rushmore next to Michael Jordan. And then whoever else you want to put in there, Bill Russell, Walt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. We might have to extend the Mount Rushmore. But he is that good. He is that amazing. And I'm glad that I got to watch a lot of his career. And I got to watch the moment of him surpassing Kareem's record. That is why this has been pushed like a day or so. Because I had a busy schedule anyway. But I had to watch that game. Had to. Had to. Had to. Well, then I was looking at other stuff just to see like what LeBron's really meant. And I saw this tweet that said he has had three Hall of Fame careers. And they mapped him out. 2003 to 2010, averaging 27.8 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 6-time All-Star, 2-time MVP. 2010 to 2017, 26.4 points, 7.5 rebounds, 7.1 assists per game, 7-time All-Star, 2-time MVP, Three-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP. 2017 to right now, 2023. Averaging 27.5 points, 8.2 rebounds, 8.3 assists, six-time All-Star, one-time champion, one-time NBA Finals MVP. That is three Hall of Fame careers. If anybody had one of those careers, they're more than likely going into the Hall of Fame. LeBron's had three of them. Wow. A couple other things. WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, are being investigated for paying players under the table so it wouldn't affect the salary cap. Wonder where this goes and if it opens a giant can of worms through sports in general, not just the WNBA. Because I could see it being a thing. Seriously could. China... Having balloons in the United States of America spying on us? Kind of scary. Who knows what the future lies? But uh, we got to get those balloons out of there, which I understand they had. And let's keep it that way. This seems like a perfect time to go to win-lose stat. Like I said, January 10th to 17th. And we have a whole lot of stuff to get through as boys basketball, girls basketball, wrestling, boys and girls bowling. Which boys bowling had their regional event January 14th. We'll get to all of it. Starting with January 10th. It's a Tuesday. Boys basketball. Fieldcrest 67. Roanoke Benson 46. For Fieldcrest. Brady Russman had 17. And Landon Mudro had 13. Roanoke Benson was led by Zeke Kierfoot who had 19. Indian Creek 65. Depew 52. Indian Creek was led by Jeff Prost, 25 points, and Landon Schrader had 19. El Paso Gridley, 43. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, 37. LPG had a 17-point halftime lead. GCMS cut it down to two points with one minute left in the game. El Paso Gridley able to hold on. Micah Meese had 16 points, and Jonah Funk had 16 points and 14 rebounds for EPG. Newman, 63. Mendota, 43. Mendota was led by Dominic Stamberger's 10 points. Girls Hoops, Amboy, 47. Milledgeville, 15. Addison Pertel had 22 points for the Lady Clippers. Caneland, 38. Morris, 29. Morris was led by Landry Callahan's double-double. 
of 12 points and 22 rebounds. Boys wrestling in a triangular. Newman beat Mendota 42-24, and then Mendota lost to Sherrard 66-12. Against Newman, Wyatt Osman had the lone pin for Mendota at 182 pounds, and against Sherrard, Connor Farrar had the lone pin for the Trojans at 138. That's 182 pounds and 138 pounds, the weight classes, just in case you don't know wrestling. Princeton defeated St. Bede on the wrestling mats 42-34. St. Bede pins came from 145 pounds, Logan Panetta, 160, Garrett Conley, 170, Grady Jillian, and 182, Jake Miglarini. Going to the swimming pool, Morris defeated the LaSalle Peru Ottawa Co-op 98-84. The 200-meter medley relay, LaSalle Peru won that one, Bo Whittle, Chris Lowry, Owen Phillips, and Jonathan New, 2 minutes, 5.58 seconds. 200 freestyle, Morris's Furman Bryce with a 3 minute, 0.31 second swim. 200 intermediate, LaSalle Peru's Chris Lowry won 2 minutes, 27.94 seconds. 50 meter free, LaSalle Peru won this one, Owen Phillips, 26.02 seconds. The 1 meter diving event. Morris had three competitors. LPO does not have any divers because they do not have a diving board or a pool big enough for a diving board. So Morris took this one. Tayden Murphy, 171.6. The 100 butterfly. Chris Lowry back in the winning column for the Cavaliers. One minute, 5.96 seconds. 100 meter free. Cameron James of Morris, 57 seconds for the victory. 400 freestyle, Brian Lowry for LaSalle, Peru. 4 minutes, 59.01 seconds. 100 breaststroke, Morris's Cameron James back in the winning column. 1 minute, 13.48 seconds. And Cameron James led the 400 freestyle relay of Morris to a victory in 4 minutes, 19.06 seconds with his teammates Austin Aldridge, Johnny Halloran, and Nick DeLuca. Moving on to Wednesday, January 11th. Boys Hoops. Lamoille lost to Low Point Washburn 64-52. For Lamoille, Tyler Billhorn, 15 points, 11 rebounds. Logan Dauber had 11 points. Amboy lost to Forreston 41-35. Eddie Jones scored 20 points for Amboy. He is a sophomore and has been putting up a lot, a lot of buckets. Girls Bowling. St. B defeated Hall Putnam County. 25-17 to 20-65. For St. Bede, they were led by Maddie Fabish's 4-66 three-game series. And Sarah Beyer had a 512 three-game series for Hall Putnam County. On the boys' side of things, Hall Putnam County won 24-57 to St. Bede's 16-54. For Hall PC, Dawson Kinsley had 535. And for the Bruins, Dominic Fundarelli had a 481. Back to the wrestling mats in a triangular. Hall, Putnam County, Sherrard, and Monmouth United went to battle. Hall PC lost to Sherrard 69-6 and lost to Monmouth United 21-18. Against Sherrard, Hall, Putnam County scored on a forfeit 220 pounds Caleb Galandi against Monmouth United. 
At 170, Bailey Herr, 195, Elijah Leota, and 220, Caleb Gulandi all had forfeit victories. In a triangular, St. Bede, Seneca, and Mantino. St. Bede beat Mantino 35-27. St. Bede wins. They came at 152, pinfall from Jack Mashman. 160, William Shramick had a 9-6 decision. And at 182, Jack Miglarini secured a pin. Seneca knocked off St. Bede 65-12 for St. Bede. Two pinfalls at 138, Jordan Coventry and 182, Jake Miglarini. Girls Hoops, Anawan defeated Ridgewood 60-43. For Anawan, Bella Van Opdorp had 22 points, helping the Braves get their sixth straight victory. Kiwani 62, Mendota 37. For Kiwani, Maya Deering had 20, Emma Crofton had 17. For Mendota, Katie Jenner had 22, and Rihanna Brandt had 14. Moving to Thursday, January 12th, and the wrestling mats, Oregon 72, Winnebago 9. For Oregon, their pins came at 138 from Lane Halverson, 182, Quentin Berry, 195, Seth Rote, 220, Jonathan Alanis, and 285, Evan Flaherty. In a triangular with Kiwani, Morrison, and Fulton, Kiwani won, defeating Fulton 54-21 and defeating Morrison 70-11. Pins against Fulton for Kiwani. Pins for Kiwani against Fulton. 106, Kingston Peterson. 113, Chance to Splitter. 152, Max Kelly. And at 160, Jackson Hicks. Pins for Kiwani against Morrison. 126, Ben Taylor. 132, Will Taylor. 160, Jackson Hicks, and a 285, Douglas Swearingen. Also sent stats for January 10th. We'll put it in right now. In a triangular, Kiwani, Erie, and St. Bede. Kiwani, 58, Erie, Prophetstown, 24. Falls for Kiwani, 113, Chance to Splitter. 175, Parker DeBoard. 160, Jackson Hicks, and 182, Alejandro Duarte. Kiwani beat St. Bede 64-15. Pins for Kiwani. 126, Ben Taylor. 132, Will Taylor. 145, Parker DeBoard. 152, Max Kelly. 160, Jackson Hicks. 170, Jackson Hawkins. And 182, Alejandro Duarte. St. Bede, Newman, and Riverdale locked up on Thursday, January 12th. We're back to normal programming here. Newman defeated St. Bede 35-24. Pins for St. Bede came at 160, Garrett Conley, 182, Jack Miglarini, and 195, Ryan Miglarini. St. Bede fell to Riverdale 78-6. In another triangular, Mendota, Monmouth Roseville, and Erie Prophetstown. Mendota lost to Erie Prophetstown 54-24 and fell to Monmouth Roseville 57-24. Pins for Mendota against Erie Prophetstown. 152 pounds, Brooke Bailey, and then against Monmouth Roseville at 220 pounds, Albert Harris, 132, Keegan Stewart, and 145, Rhett Watson. Girls Hoops, Fieldcrest knocked off El Paso Gridley, 69-38. Fieldcrest took a 28-7 lead in the first and then outscored EPG 28-15 in the second quarter, Kind of ran away with the game in the first half. 
The Knights were led by Haley Carvers, 23 points, Macy Gokenhauer, 12, Ashlyn May, 11, Carolyn McGow, just a couple tallies away from a double-double with 9 points and 7 rebounds. For EPG, Miley Earhart had 13 points, and Kaylee Randall had 11 points and 6 rebounds. Barrel Valley knocked off Hall, 48-38. For the Storm, Kate Salisbury, 17 points, 9 rebounds. Elena Wasleski had 9 rebounds. Kate Stoller, 10 points, and Leslie Maynard, 10 points. For the Hall, Lady Red Devils, Promise, Gio Cometti, and McKenna Christensen had 10 points each. Byron defeated Oregon 60-28. Macy Groherring had 24 points, and Ava Coltgen had 19 points for the Byron Tigers. For Oregon, Maria Drake had 10 points. Amboy 33, Ashton Franklin Center 13. Amboy was led by Addison Pertel's 12 points and Tyra Vossen's 10. Girls Bowling. Ottawa defeated St. Bede 26-64 to 25-94. For the Lady Pirates, Lindy Ojas had a 5-52 three-game series. And for the Lady Bruins, Maddie Fabish a 5-49. Had the rankings for hoops for boys and girls basketball. 2A Princeton at 17-0 at the time was ranked top spot in the state. Seneca received six votes. For girls in 2A, Byron was tied at sixth with 15-2 record. Fieldcrest was eight with a 17-2 record. Princeton was 10th at 16-2, and Stillman Valley received three votes. Let's break this up just a tad and have some words with one of our amazing sponsors, Surf Internet. Hello, Mendota. Resolve to make stronger connections with Surf Fiber Internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on a home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases. Ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF. Or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Getting back to win-lose stat, Friday, January 13th, boys hoops, Kiwani 63, Hall 53. For the Boilermakers, Brady Clark had 34 points, Blaze Lewis 10, Jaden Little also had 10 points. For the Hall Red Devils, Mac Resetich had 29, and Kyan Smith had 16. Samanok defeated Indian Creek 69-51. For Indian Creek, Logan Schrader had 12, and Jeff Propes had 10. Ashton Franklin Center beat Amboy 63-47. Eddie Jones had 22 points for Amboy. Hinkley Big Rock defeated Earlville 69-45. Earlville was led by the Cook Boys, as Griffin Cook had 16 points and Garrett Cook had 14. Fieldcrest defeated El Paso Gridley 57-37. For the Fieldcrest Knights, Connor Reitman had 21 points as he knocked down five three-pointers. Brady Russman had 9 points and 10 rebounds, one point shy of a double-dub. For EPG, Chauncey Maxson had 12 points and Micah Meese had 11 points. 
Serena, 74. Lamoille, 35. Lamoille was led by Tyler Billhorns, 14 points and 6 rebounds. Rock Falls, 71. Mendota, 58. For Rock Falls, Keaton Heald had 19. Aiden Goff had 17. Gavin Sands had 12. And Chevy Bates had 10. For Mendota, Isaac Guzman led the way with 18. Isaiah Nanez had 15. And Rafa Ramiro had 14 points. Saturday, January 14th, Girls Hoops, Rock Falls 55, Mendota 18. Amboy moved their record to 18-1 at the time with a 37-29 victory over Stockton. Ellie Jones had 15 points and 4 assists. Addison Pertell, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals. Anawan defeated Rova, 62-30. For Anawan, Olivia Goodley, 15. Bella Van Opdorp, 12. Elena Manuel, 11. And Zoe Vance had 10 points. In the first round of the girls' McLean County Tournament, El Paso Gridley defeated Fisher 66-56. For EPG, Kaylee Randall had 18 points and 9 rebounds, while Miley and Maddie Earhart had 16 points apiece. Indian Creek, 48. Lamoille, 15. Isabel Turner had 26. And Bethany Odell had 15 for Indian Creek. Ottawa defeated Morris 48-20. Boys Hoops. Serena defeated Hall 64-44. Amboy lost to Stockton 49-34. Troy Anderson had 19 points for the Clippers. Ottawa 59, Mendota 32. Ottawa's Connor Knoll had 19 points. Mendota's Isaac Guzman had 9. Midland 63, Lamoille 24. Lamoille was led by Logan Dobbers 9. In the first round of the boys McLean County Tournament, Fieldcrest defeated Deer Creek Mackinac 62-31. For the Knights, Landon Mudro and Connor Reichman had 20 points each. El Paso Gridley got a win in the tournament, defeating Fisher 64-31. For EPG, the Titans, Jonah Funk 21 points, 8 rebounds. Micah Meese had 14 points. On the wrestling mats, Kiwani Invitational, there was 20 teams. St. B took 13th. As Ryan Miglarini was second in 195 pounds, and Mendota was 15th, as Albert Harris took fourth at 220 pounds. For Putnam County Hall, at 195, Elijah Leota and 285, James Irwin, they both went two and two during the invite. The Comet Classic had a lot of teams as well. Bradley Bourbonnet won it with a 219. Seneca took second at 170. EPG had 130 points for 8th place. Sandwich was 9th with 128. Plano had 111 points for 11th place. That's 5 ones for Plano. 11, 111. Ha ha ha. Ottawa was 12th with 100 points. For Sandwich, who took 9th, Miles Quarter was 4th at 132. Cy Smith was 2nd at 138. Gabriel Gavin was fourth at 145, and Bryce Decker took third at 170. For Plano, who took 11th place team-wise, Rich Amakuri placed second at 182, Elias Perez was second at 220, and Alex Diaz was second at 285. We reached the regionals for boys bowling. The Dixon Regional, 
where Oregon won it all with a 58-30 regional champions. Congratulations to the Hawks. Sterling was third with a 56-92. They advanced to sectionals as a team. The top four teams advance. Mendota just missed the cut as they finished fifth with a 56-75. Dixon was seventh at 54-22, and Rochelle took ninth at 52-93. For Oregon, the bowlers helping the Hawks advance to sectionals as a team. Senior Styler Long had 11-01. Senior Brian Inmill had a 12-31. Senior Roberto Hernandez had a 12-47. Senior Brandon Rowe had an 11-33. And sophomore Matthew Stahl an 11-18. For Sterling also advancing with their third place finish. Senior Dylan Doss had an 11-75. Senior Shea Hansen, a 1200. Senior Micah Hernandez, an 1124. Junior Henry Oberg, a 939. And senior Tristan Ulrichs had a 975. When you get to the playoffs, the regional sectional states, they are six game series. So the team scores, six games per kid. The individuals, obviously, six games per kid. They bowl three in the morning, they take an hour, hour and a half lunch, then they bowl the other three. Advancing as individuals out of the Dixon Regional, Rochelle freshman Andrew Powell, a 1242. Mendota junior Landon Bauer, a 1241. Dixon sophomore David Lard, a 1232. Mendota freshman Paxton Bauer, a 1210. Dixon had two sophomores advanced in Clark Bonwell and Cody Gill. Clark had an 11.38 and Cody an 11.29. The LP Regional. Yorkville won it all with a 6,006. LaSalle Peru advanced to the sectionals, just sliding by in fourth place with a 56.46. Streeter was eighth with a 49.57. Ottawa had a 47.28 for 10th and St. Bede had a 43.49 for 11th. For the advancing team of Yorkville, senior Andrew Hellyer had an 11.98, senior Dale Horstman a 13.17, junior Andrew Lipinskis a 12.26, sophomore TJ Overturf an 11.26, and senior Jesus Villa a 12.20. LP's advancing team, senior Chance Hank a 13.24, senior Ethan Pico an 11.96, Senior Peyton Baker in 801, and sophomore David Lawrence in 890. Individuals advancing out of the LP Regional. Streeter had two advancers, senior Brady Gerbowski, a 1216, and junior Anthony Dominic, a 1208. St. Bede's sophomore Hayden Ader had a 1055 to advance. The Caneland Regional. Sycamore won it with a 60-30. DeKalb was sixth with a 5599. Caneland was 8 with a 50-78. For Sycamore, senior Evan Borowitz, a 12-78. Junior Austin Broden, a 11-82. And sophomore Ryan Boyles, a 12-24. Individuals out of the Caneland Regional, DeKalb had three of them. Senior Voshtek Caesar with a 13-52. Sophomore Micah Ciabaris, a 12.23, and junior Talon Tate, an 11.42. Congratulations to the bowlers that got out of the regional, made it to the sectional. Our next episode of the podcast will break down the sectional 
and start other winter sports playoff results as well. Moving on to Monday, January 16th, Boys Hoops, the McLean County Tournament, Fieldcrest 55, El Paso Gridley 42. For Fieldcrest, Ed Lorton had 20, Connor Reichman 11, and Brady Russman 9 points and 5 rebounds. For EPG, Jonah Funk had a double-double of 17 points and 13 rebounds. Outside of the tournament, Sterling 81, Hinsdale South 54. DeKalb went 2-1 at the Burlington Central MLK Tournament, which Monday, January 16th, was Martin Luther King Day. Rest in peace, MLK Jr. Hopefully everybody celebrated, respected him the holiday on that day. But DeKalb went 2-1 at the MLK Tournament, ending with a 68-52 victory over Woodstock North. Henry Sanchuan fell to Peoria Christian 54-24. Girls Hoops, Hall falls to Harlem, 49-17. Sycamore defeated Batavia, 51-49 behind Lexi Carlson's 13 points and 7 rebounds. Samanak knocked off Earlville, 48-29. For Samanak, Josephine Rader, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 steals. Did a little bit of absolutely everything. Haley McCoy, 15 points, 3 assists. Three steals and Caitlin Curtis had 11 points and five assists for Samanak as well. In the Tri-County Conference Tournament, which started Monday, January 16th, Marquette defeated Dwight 53-40. For the Lady Crusaders, Lily Craig had 20 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks, while Chloe Larson had 10 points and four rebounds, and Avery Durden had 10 points. Putnam County defeated Midland in the tournament, 42-26. Ava Hatton had 19 points for the Lady Panthers. Also in the tournament, Roanoke Benson defeated Henry Low Point Washburn, 46-16. Outside of the tournament, Burrow Valley, 54, Orion, 46. Burrow Valley was led by Taylor Newhoffens, 18, and Kate Salisbury's, 15. LaSalle, Peru, Fell to Joliet Catholic Academy, 56-44. Brooklyn Fisick had 16 points for the Lady Cavaliers. The McLean County Tournaments. Fieldcrest defeated El Paso Gridley, 59-35. For the Knights, Carolyn McGow had 18 points, 10 steals, and 8 rebounds. Two rebounds away from a triple-double. Wow. Macy Gokenauer had 16 points. For the Titans... Kaylee Randall had 13 points, and Isabel Vargas, 9 rebounds, 7 points. Going back to the bowling alley, the Sterling MLK invites. Oregon was 3rd, Dixon was 4th, and Sterling took 7th. And last but not least, Tuesday, January 17th, we'll stick to the bowling alley. Girls bowling, Kiwani 24-20, St. Bede 22-08. For the Boilermakers, Maya Maroka had a 546, and St. Bede's Kylie Hill had a 425 three-game series. To the wrestling mats, Mendota, Princeton, and Riverdale had a triangular. Princeton defeated Mendota 57-12, and Mendota lost to Riverdale 76-0. Plano was in a triangular as they defeated Wilmington 48-33, and lost to Clifton Central 51-19. Winners for Plano in the triangular. 
Gio Diaz, Alex Diaz, Chivion Guilford, Antoine Guilford, Richie Amakiri, Oscar Saventes, Shane Downs, and Liam Hennel. Boys Hoops on Tuesday, January 17th. Mendota 72, Burrow Valley 58. For the Trojans, Isaiah Nanaz 24, Rafael Romero 18, Isaac Guzman 11, and Jace Baird 10. For the Storm of Burrow Valley, Copper Balancefin had 15 points and Corbin Shim had 13. Amboy fell to Milledgeville 65-25 despite Troy Anderson's 11 points for Amboy. Newman 53, Kiwani 45. Lucas Simpson had 24, Aiden Batten 13, and Nolan Britt had 12 for the Newman Comets, while Kiwani was led by Blaze Lewis's 19 and Brady Clark's 16 points. Earlville thumped Leland 83-20. Garrett Cook had 20 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists for Earlville, while Griffin Cook had 14 points. Ryan Browder had 13 points and 5 assists. Easton Fruit had 11 points, and Adam Waite had 11 rebounds. Hinkley Big Rock beat Indian Creek 67-40. For Indian Creek, Jake Taylor had 11, and Sam Genslinger had 10 points. Hall 46, St. Bede 43, Princeton 60, Dixon 52. The win from Princeton moved their record to 20-0 at the time. Girls Hoops. Winnebago 50, Oregon 19. Oregon was led by Hadley Lutz, 9 points. In the Tri-County Semifinals, Consolation Semi, Midland defeated Henry Low Point Washburn, 25-24. In Championship Bracket Semifinals, Seneca beat Marquette, 43-39. And Putnam County defeated Roanoke Benson, 43-38. So a couple of close games in the semifinals to move to the championship. Seems like a great place to stop and get to our two fantastic chats. We have Ski Hartman, the general and sales manager at Mendota Ford. We talk a lot of football and a lot about everything else. And Christian Rose, a wrestler with Dreamwave, getting ready to wrestle on Saturday, February 11th in just a couple days. Well, we'll be back soon with some great chats, some great results in win-lose stat. We got more music to be listened to with Bring It Back and always stuff to talk about. We're starting to get in the flow, getting more shows out, having fun doing it as always. And we appreciate your support, your listening, your downloads, your likes, your tweets, your retweets, your shares, your comments, every single thing that you do we appreciate at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This has been a long show. We appreciate you listening to them. There's a lot of good stuff in these. So until next time, peace. When it comes playoff football time, I always get more than friends. I was going to call them friends. More than friends, I get my insiders. Guys that I would like to have come on, talk some football. So as always, we have Ski Hartman here to chat some football. What's going on, Ski? Nothing. Same stuff, different day. Ready for some good football games this weekend, hopefully. Yes, yes. And when you say same stuff, I mean, does this mean you're selling cars at Mendota Ford? Absolutely. Yeah, new year. Um, same same story. We're still uh, your community dealership. We're here to help our community do everything we can to make the sale smooth and, uh, and benefit.
beneficial for everybody. And I know that can't be an easy job in 2023. It seems like our, uh, you know, finances, economics are going nuts, but you guys do a great job out there. Yeah, it's a little tougher with the higher interest rates, but, you know, the car values are still up on your trade-ins and everything like that. So, um, like I said, we do our best to put you in the right car at the right price. You know, we're not one of those big stores where we're adding a bunch of fees and everything to it and, you know, trying to take advantage of every customer that walks in the door. So, And you quality cars to get you to football games or to somewhere to watch these football games that we're about to talk about. But first, before we do that, I'm sorry that your Minnesota Vikings are not still alive, sir. Hey, I didn't think they were going to make it that far. I mean, with a, with a rookie, rookie head coach and they had the worst defense in the NFL and they still won 13 games and made it to the playoffs. And... I don't know why I'm saying this, but I actually feel this. So maybe that's why I'm going to say it. I do not hate Kirk Cousins anymore. I always make fun of him. I always, you know, throw jabs at him. But he is actually a legit quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and we had a patchy offensive line most of the year, too. You know, um, and like I said, the worst defense in the NFL. But, I mean, it definitely helps when you have a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson and a good running back like Dalvin Cook and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm with you. I, I liked Kirk Cousins, but I'm like, you know, he's just an average quarterback. But if you if you look at his stats, he's always been a top 10 quarterback. He just never gets the recognition for it because he struggles in primetime games and, and bigger games, which – you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that did that too, you know? Yeah, but I don't even think he was that bad this year. I mean, even in the game they lost in the playoffs, he didn't lose it. No, absolutely not. Our defense lost that game, and most of the games we were in it, and then the defense let the other team take the lead, and then we had to come back and win all those close games. Eleven of them. <laughs> yes. Eleven for eleven in close games. It was like one point games or come from behind games or whatever. That's insane. Yeah, one one score games. We were eleven and out in the regular season. And then I did see a stat the other day that said for the last twelve years, the thirty-two ranked defense it showed all their records. The most wins by any team that had the 32nd ranked defense was five. Minnesota won 13 with the 32nd ranked defense. Wow. Yeah, you can't you can't give all that to Kirk Cousins because he's a quarterback, and I understand that's the main position in football. But that's not all him. I don't know why I'm defending him so rough right now or so tough <laughs> because I have not for his entire career. I have been a naysayer, making fun of him completely. But I watched. Probably three or four Vikings games, which is more than me, more than usual. Usually it's one for sure. I was at the one last year when they came to Chicago. Not this year. Too cold for this guy. I mean, I see it. I see that he can play this, the position. So I'm done talking smack about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I went to the Bears-Vikings game in Minnesota. And then, yeah, I was supposed to go to the Bears-Vikings game in Chicago. But I'm with you. It was too cold, and they were kind of resting players. It was the last game of the year. I'm like, nah, I'm not going. Yeah, not worth it. That was a game just to get a hot dog, spend a bunch of money on beverages, and not really see great football. Right. 
Okay, well, speaking of great football, we have the AFC and NFC championships this weekend, and then, of course, the Super Bowl two weeks after that. So, let's talk about, we'll start with the NFC championship, because that is the 2 o'clock game on Sunday. We have the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Who do we got in this one, Ski? Well, I picked the Eagles to win it, but I would like to see San Francisco win it. Um, and the reason why is, as we've talked about before, I'm a huge Iowa Hawkeyes fan, and San Francisco has George Kittle, and then my next favorite college team is Iowa State, and that Brock Purdy is from Iowa State. So I think it'd be cool to see San Francisco go and uh, and get there with a rookie quarterback, the Mr. Irrelevant pick, as they call him. And like I said, I just love George Kittle. He's one of my favorite players in the whole NFL. The crazy thing is, is with the roster built around, and not just built for him, but the roster that the 49ers already had. Then you put in the third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy, who's a rookie, and it's not surprising that they've been doing what they've done. I mean, you have studs at every single position, future Hall of Famers, you know, top of their position across the NFL, across the board, everywhere on the roster. They're supposed to be doing what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. They, I mean, they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but about anybody can play quarterback on that team. But if you look at what Brock Purdy's been doing, he's just been taking care of the ball. And then that midseason trade, trade deadline to get CMC in there, that just made everything even better. Yeah, and, you know, I'm hoping he doesn't get the injury bug that has kind of bothered him the last two or three years. But what I've seen so far, he's still a stud, and he's come in and impacted the team in a huge way. He's always been a great player when he's healthy. And I'm with you. You know, for them to be successful in years to come, he's got to stay healthy. No doubt. And I don't know why. I am a Philadelphia Eagles hater. There's no reason why. It's just I I can't jump on the train. I don't know if I'm just waiting for it to derail. I don't know if it was because, you know, they had eight or nine wins and then they play Washington and that's who they lose their streak to. I don't know what it is about this Philadelphia Eagles team, but I just can't get on the train. Yeah, I saw a stat today where it was like the worst fans of the NFL and, and Philadelphia was that list. So, I mean, that that makes a big thing. You know, like I said, I we've talked before. Yes, I'm a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan, but I'm not a hater. You know, I don't hate the Bears. I don't hate the Packers. I dislike the Packers probably more than anybody. But, you know, it's just it's the fan bases that they just make things miserable. I am a Packer hater. I don't mind the Vikings or the Lions or any other team in the league, but I do hate the Packers. So I will say I'm a Packer hater. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it is about them. I mean, when they had Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb, I was a fan. I like, I love that. And uh, Brian Dawkins, huge fan of Brian Dawkins. I mean, he to me was what you should be as a secondary a member of a secondary unit in the NFL. But for some odd reason, this team, I just can't get aboard. Jalen Hurts is a great story. I mean, he should be the MVP. He is the best player if you look at stats and what he's done for the team. But I don't know if I was in the position if I'd vote for him. 
missing those two games really hurt him, but, but look at what they did in those two games when they put Gardner Minshew in. Gardner Minshew is not a bad backup quarterback, but they could do nothing with him. You know, most valuable player is the most valuable player. You know, I've, I've heard uh, Mike uh, Greenberg talk about this all the time. The MVP award is not the MVP. It's the MOP, most outstanding player, because they never picked the most valuable player. If you took Justin Jefferson off of the Minnesota Vikings, would they have won 13-4? and four? Absolutely not. No you took Jalen Hurts. You take Jalen Hurts off the Philadelphia Eagles. They're probably a six-seven win team. Yep, they're not so, making the playoffs, and like Detroit Lions are. Right. I mean, totally. Like I said, most valuable is the most valuable player to their team. You know, if you take one that player away, what would they do without that player? And Philadelphia proved what they could do without Jalen Hurts. Not much. No doubt. No doubt. Maybe I will, you know, come around like I have for Kirk Cousins, but it's going to take a couple years. You know, I don't do that just so easily. <laughs> Let's go to the other side at, I believe it is 5.30 is the second game, and that is the AFC Championship where we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, I mean, I, at the beginning of the postseason, I predicted the Bengals over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And to me, it still looks like that's a pretty good situation. I think I'm more worried about San Francisco beating Philadelphia than I am Cincinnati beating Kansas City, even though Kansas City coming into the season was a huge favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals might win this handedly. They've won the last three meetings against Kansas City with two of the three meetings in Kansas City, and Joe Burrow is the definition of Joe Cool. I mean, the comments he made before the Buffalo game, comments he's made after the Buffalo game, the way he played in that Buffalo game, Cincinnati's done it right. I mean, they got that Jamar Chase, who, you know, arguably is as good as Justin Jefferson. They bolstered his offensive line. The defense is solid. I think they're going to win it all. I think whoever wins the Chiefs-Bengals game is going to win the Super Bowl, and I think it's going to be the Bengals. I mean, it sounds like that's where the house is putting the money. Almost every person I've talked to is picking Cincinnati but they're making it look so easy and they're playing so dominant what they did against the Buffalo Bills. And I'm really sick of hearing people talk trash to the Buffalo Bills. A, somebody's going to lose. B, I mean, it's a cold football game. It's snowy. I know you're in Buffalo, but that affects a lot of things. So I'm sick of people trashing the Bills. They're still a great team and they're going to be back next year trying to play for a Super Bowl. But, I mean, Cincinnati just came in there like, hey, we have something to prove. Let's prove it. You know, and I think Buffalo was still reeling from that whole DeMar Hamlin thing. Before DeMar had that incident on the field, Cincinnati was beating the crap out of Buffalo in that Monday night game. I originally picked Buffalo and Minnesota in the Super Bowl, uh, kind of a homer pick because I'm a Vikings fan. But I, I would give anything to see a Buffalo-Minnesota game since they're both two teams that have went 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is true. I don't know who I would pick in that one. Probably Buffalo Bills, just so I'm not on the same side as you, Ski. That's, I figured you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I am kind of a closet Buffalo Bills fan. I love what they have going on there. I know they lost the game, but hey, that happens to the best of the best. It's not like Tom Brady won every game or, you know, 
Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or Lawrence Taylor or, you know, all the greats we can continue to go through. That happens. I think Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he doesn't have the Super Bowls to prove that, you know? Look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, people are like, oh, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. He has one Super Bowl. Same as Brett Favre, you know? I mean, Joe Montana was 4-0 in Super Bowls. Why is he not talked about as the greatest quarterback of all time? I do put Joe Montana ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. I have Joe Montana like... I mean, he's on the same tier as Peyton Manning for me. I know I'm, a, I'm kind of a, not a homer, but I guess I go with the, the masses here, and I do think Tom Brady is the GOAT. But right after him, I have Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, and John Elway, kind of right on the same tier. Like I said, Tom Brady is a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, and he's got all the, super, all the championships. It's kind of, for me, the Tom Brady debate with, with other people is kind of like, the LeBron Michael debate, which I'm not going to get into because there is no debate on that one. But <laughs> especially not with me, because I'll probably agree with everything you say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most people in this area do. It's uh, people outside of Illinois that don't think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. Because they don't know. Yep. So moving forward to the Super Bowl, it sounds like you have Philly and Bengals with the Bengals winning. I do. Yes, that's what I picked. Um, I'm on a I'm on a pick thing for the newspaper, the News Tribune, and that's who I picked. So nice, and that will be a battle of the offenses. I know defense is going to obviously play a part, but both of those teams can score points in bunches and very fast. Yeah, and that's kind of what I would like to see at a Super Bowl. You know, I want to see a a high scoring game instead of a seventeen to fourteen game. You know. They get kind of boring, and, and to be honest with you, as bad as the commercials have been the last few years, I want an exciting game if the commercials aren't going to be very good. I wonder if the commercials are going to be fully geared to our generation again. Or I know you're a little older than me, but it seemed like every single commercial was late 80s, 90s era. Every single one of them because they want us to buy stuff. And with all the regulations and stuff, it's it's hard to have a good commercial that doesn't offend somebody. You know, that's the hard part. Right before I let you go, just because we're talking about this, I've been recently going through and watching some old wrestling from like 98 and 99. And things that they could do or say in commercials that were on air at this time would be banned for life. People would be thrown in jail. I think heads would be coming off. We have electric chairs and life sentences for things that were on TV just 30 years ago. Oh, definitely. We, I had this discussion Sunday. Um, I don't know if you saw Coach Walgren. He was uh, one of the wrestling coaches in Princeton when I was in school. His wife passed away last week, and so I was at the visitation Sunday, and I was telling the story about my freshman year in high school, Coach Walger, and I wasn't paying attention to him when he was fucking, and the next thing I knew, his size 13 shoe was kicking me in the chest and flinging me across the wrestling room, okay? You do something like that, and you'll never coach again now. Oh, you're, but going, you know to, what? you're going to prison. Yeah. yeah, you're probably going to prison, and you know what? I have more respect for that man than I do for most men in my entire life. He is in the, the top three to five people that I that have been the most influential in my life and have the most respect for. And that's crazy because, you know, I have people like that too. <laughs> Just it, It's a whole different realm that we live in now. There's no doubt about that. 
Well, yeah, and like I said, I, I mean, I do a lot of coaching myself, you know, and I, I mean, I've had parents call me and complain about, oh, well, you were too hard on my child because you raised your voice to her, you know, or raised your voice to him, or you did this or you did that, you know. I mean, it's 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 difficult, you know, to deal with that type of change in just so many years, you know. I think we've talked about this before, but my oldest daughter, I could do whatever I want to her. I could yell at her, scream at her, beat her if I wanted to. I never did, but I could have, you know, and she'd have just stood there and take it. My next daughter, if I raise my voice at her, she cries, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy world. I love the power of podcasting where we can start talking about football games and it comes into life lessons about our country, <laughs> our society. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's two friends having a conversation, and that's usually where conversations go. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's a great time, great time. I know usually you're watching, you know, just about every football game or as many as you can. I mean, was it the same this year? I know with reg- regulations, you know, I see all the time, oh, I'm done watching football, or I don't watch it as much, or, you know, it's not the same game. Where do you stand with this? Are you still an avid football fan like you've always been? I actually watched more this year than I did last year. Um, Last year, I was coaching indoor soccer on Sundays, so I was gone most every Sunday. So this year, I watched pretty much, you know, every game from when they had the 9 a.m. London games all the way till I went to bed, falling asleep watching the Sunday night games. So, yeah, I watched a ton of football this year. Really enjoyed a lot of games. I mean, like you said, it's fun when your team's winning. I mean, I know you being a Bears fan didn't under, don't understand what that's like, you know. Oh, oh, oh you're giving <laughs> back. I knew it was coming eventually. I like how we throw jabs at each other. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I have I missed a few games going to some Iowa wrestling meets, which you know that that's my first passion is is Iowa wrestling, and then and then motorcycle racing, and then football. So, did you see um, they're having uh? An event at Chicagoland Speedway in September? I did not. Yes. They got this new super motocross thing that it's called where they combine the supercross season, the motocross season, and then they do a three-race playoff at the end of the year. And one of the three playoff races is going to be at Chicagoland Speedway. Okay. So we'll get to see Chase Sexton race in Chicago. That's pretty awesome. Maybe I should try to get up there. Well, I'm going, and I got a couple other guys that I've already talked to that want to go with me, so let me know. For sure, I will. We might have just made plans on air. <laughs> well, I will let you go, Ski. Thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Mendota Ford, one of our amazing sponsors. Always appreciate you and everything that you guys do. Yeah, good chatting with you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. The interview with Mendota Ford's Ski Hartman is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of general manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for the last three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs 
as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. I don't know anybody that likes to shop for things for their home. Oh, maybe some females, maybe some older men, but this guy absolutely hates it. So why not take a break, sit out in your car in a parking lot before you have to go in the store and have an amazing chat, an amazing interview with somebody that you've been waiting impatiently to chat with. I am talking about Christian Rose who is involved in Dreamwave Wrestling, getting prepared for the show in February. Christian, thank you for being a part of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing today? Like I said, besides the shopping woes, I'm doing all right. I'm not a shopper. I don't like to shop on my phone. I don't like to go into stores. I will wear jeans or I will use something until it breaks or has holes in it so I don't have to go and replace it. Yeah, I hear you on some of that, except I'm really bad about uh, impulse shopping. Like, if I've got money on hand and I'm walking through a place, I'm just kind of like, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you had like a 30 maybe $50 cart, and then now it's like 200 Yeah, yeah. The amount of just T-shirts that I have where I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then it's like, I'm not wearing that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with t-shirts, they can become rags, they can become washcloths, you can do a lot with them. A lot of them end up getting the sleeves cut off and turned into gym tanks for me, but then I go and I buy gym garb as well, so it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> we are Americans, I believe that's the American way. <laughs> Just keep buying. Yes, there's apple pie, there's baseball, and there's buying a lot of stuff that we don't use. Yep. For sure. Let's talk about some wrestling. We got a show happening February, is it the 11th? That is correct. At the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle. What is the name of this show? The name of the show is In With The Out Crowd, presented by Luz Legrado and Dreamwave Wrestling. Are you a member of The Out Crowd? You know, I think that I am, and I actually think that I have been long enough that it wasn't even called The Out Crowd once I started. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're coming off a show where you won the Rumble. What is the name of the official Rumble that you won at the last show? It's for Dreamwave Wrestling, it's called the Good as Gold Rumble. Traditionally, it was kind of a blurring of like the Royal Rumble concept and the Money in the Bank concept, where the winner would a briefcase they can cash in for a championship match anytime, anyplace. This time, got slightly altered just a little bit due to uh, some injuries, some circumstances. Uh, with scheduling and whatnot, so uh, the winner of the Rumble this year, I still got a briefcase, which I was not expecting. I was literally in the ring celebrating, and then they were like, oh yeah, here's, here's a briefcase. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was one this time. But yeah, so the winner this time got just a guaranteed title match for the February show, so that's where I'm at now. So you are preparing to try to win a title? That is correct. If I am successful, it will be my third Dreamwave Championship win, so... 
Dreamwave has been very, very good to me over the years. Uh, basically, what made, whatever name value I have on the independent scene is because of Dreamwave Wrestling. So, very excited. Uh, it's probably my favorite place to wrestle for ever. It's just different, you know. And, and like I've been wrestling for a long time. I wrestle very frequently, but Dreamwave is for me just the top notch. I was at the show when the current champ won. I believe it was like a four way or something like that, right? Six way. Six way. I, I knew there was multiple people. I'm trying to remember his name. What's the champ's name? Uh, Vic Capri. Dude's an absolute legend when it comes to independent wrestling, specifically in the Midwest. Like he used to travel with, you know, CM Punk and Colt Cabana and Ace Steel. Like he's been around for ages. Very successful. Like he's just one of those consummate professional wrestlers. You know, like you see him all over the Midwest, specifically up in Chicago land. He's done tours of Japan. He's competed for the WWE back in the day a bit. Great, great wrestler. And he's buddies with the guy that hits everybody with his butt, right? That is correct. He is uh, friends with Jay Fowler, the Buns of Steel. <laughs> I'm trying to remember names here, but I'm doing good at characters and faces, but I'm just misplacing names. So you're going to have to help me here as we go on in this conversation. I'll do my absolute best. I like it. I like it. We have had other Dreamwave wrestlers on the show. 12 Gage has been on here two or three times. Uh, for the last show, we had Mike Hartenbauer on here. And I was like, hey, I need to get Christian on. <laughs> I like doing interviews. I like doing podcasts. I actually have my own podcast, too, by the way. Sometimes I'm a bit of a shut-in. Sometimes I'm a bit antisocial. I'm very much, I'll go out, uh, I'll go to work, I'll you know, go to the gym. I'm heading there as soon as we're done here. And I'll obviously travel on the weekends for shows. And then I'm going home. <laughs> you know, I don't have nearly the nightlife or social life that I used to. So it's uh, somewhat regular for podcasts. Uh, host and interviewers to be like, well, hey, how do I get a hold of Christian? Can anyone get me in touch with Christian? Because, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, cranky old man who lives in a cabin somewhere type of guy. And uh, the mullet and your crew that you run with the Coyotes, I could see that you're a guy in the woods. I don't know what you're doing, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, the mullet. So when I first started training for wrestling so very long ago, uh, one of the best bits of advice that I got was if you look like somebody in the crowd, that's what, where you'll end up. I'd always kind of like dyed my hair different colors off and on, like when I was in high school and college. And so I thought, okay, well, this is something I can do that'll make me stand out a little bit. So I used to like, I'd have a mohawk and I'd have like, I think at one point I had three different colors in my mohawk. Then, you know, you get a little bit older, you mature a little bit. And I was, that and it's hard on your hair. So I stopped dyeing it for a long time. It just kind of started small with the, the current mullet. So I just started growing out a mohawk, like, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago. My girlfriend was like, oh, you're doing this again? I was like, yeah, just, you know, we'll see how it goes. Kept getting longer, kept getting longer, kept getting longer. And then last year on Memorial Day, it was beautiful outside, had the day off work, you know, holiday and everything. And I may have indulged in a few adult beverages, and I decided uh, I'm going to dye my mullet. So I went and dyed it myself. She came home from the grocery store and was like, oh, what have you done? <laughs> and I feel like I've gone too far. i got to keep it going. <laughs> I mean, you can't stop now. Yeah, too far in the weeds about it. It's got to keep getting longer. I'm going to kind of put the combo in reverse because we already brought up that you won the good for gold. And, I mean, how, how does that make you feel for, you know, uh, wrestling? I, I don't want to say it's fake. I love wrestling, so I am just saying this for our listeners. I'm a huge wrestling fan. I have been my entire life. 
So I'm just trying to word this for the fans, for the uh, Edge of Your Seat podcast listeners. I mean, we know who's going to win, or you know who's going to win when you go out there. So for you right. to be chosen, for you to be the guy that, like, hey, moving forward, we're going to put you in this position, how did that make you feel? I mean, you've been with Dreamwave for a while. You're associated with them. Uh, your name's out because of Dreamwave. For them to represent you like that, how did it make you feel? Uh, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's an honor, you know. I'm I'm the type of guy that I'm much I'm a much different person now than I was, you know, early on in my wrestling run. Or I don't you know career or whatever you want to call it. Because when I was younger, I was very not that I'm not still hungry or still driven, but I was very motivated to be like I will be the I will be the guy I will be the top guy in every place that I wrestle for. That was my attitude, my mindset, and that's a big part of what propelled me to success in Dreamwave, just having that idea of like, you know, if you're not first, you're last type of thing, you know. Now I'm a little bit more relaxed about it, but I'm also, like, I understand that Dreamwave, they need guys that are going to be at the top of the card. And if that's my spot, if that's the role that I need to fulfill or whatever, if that's what the powers that be want, then I'm ready. I can do that. I can deliver. Like, I feel like I'm versatile enough now that, like, if you need a main event, Christian Rose is your guy. If you need somebody in the middle of the show to just have a good match, Christian Rose is your guy. If you need somebody to go out there in the opener, which was my spot on the last card, actually, I bookended the show, opened the show, and then closed it. If you need somebody to just have a, a really hot opening match, I'm your guy. So to be put in that position of, okay, you are winning this big match, like, you know, the next show, that you know, that's the main event, me versus Victor Capri. That's the main event anywhere in the Midwest. Pure fact. It's an honor. It's kind of like if you're at a job and your boss says, hey, we're going to make you a manager, a team lead, or, you know what I mean, some sort of a position of a higher, uh, I don't want to say like authority, but a higher ranking. It's a lot like that. So, yeah, I mean, I take it seriously, but I'm not nearly as uh, hard-edged about it, I think, as I used to be. <laughs> you say used to be. We've said that you've been involved in Dreamwave for a while. How old are you? I am a spry 38. Okay, okay. Where do you reside? Uh, I actually live over in Spring Valley. I'm not from the area, though. I'm from southern Illinois. I grew up in a, just a real middle of nowhere, little bitty town, you know, 1,300 people. And uh, even then, it was seven miles south of said town where I literally grew up, I, you know, from out in the country on a little bitty farm. I left the area because of wrestling. There just wasn't enough there for me. I lived over in uh, the Quad Cities for about a year, maybe a year and change. Uh, and then I moved over here to the Illinois Valley and ended up getting a house over here in Spring Valley, and I am very happy here. Maybe it's because I didn't initially come from the area, but I think this is where I've meant to be. You know, I'm, I'm very happy personally and professionally in this wrestling and everything else, and didn't have that happiness until I got here, so take that for what it's worth, I guess. Because it's just different from the area I grew up where, like, all the towns were so far apart, and then, uh, you know, I'll tell my dad and my brothers that still live down there, like, oh yeah, you know, Spring Valley is only three miles away from Peru, and Peru and Sao touch each other, and it's only two miles to get to Oglesby, you know? And they're like, why are all these towns so closely grouped? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it does work, though, because there's things that go on in different towns, and if you're right here, like, it, it works mm -hmm. out. Oh, yeah, I love it. So you've already won the Dreamwave title twice. This would be your third if you win this match February 11th. Is there any stipulations for the match against Vic Capri? As of right now, no. As of right now, it's just a straight-up, classic professional wrestling match. If I had to guess, I would say that 
Vic having his crew of people that he uh, hangs out with and me having my crew of people that I hang out with. There will probably be issues. Uh, <laughs> so far as actual stipulations, nah, nah, not, not on this one. Which is fine. You know, sometimes it's nice to just wrestle. I've had plenty of stipulation matches in Dreamwave and elsewhere. Those are always fun. It's it's fun creatively. But, uh, man, sometimes, yeah, I just, I just like having a good wrestling match. I'm kind of like that as a wrestling fan. I do like the ladder matches. I do like the cells and the hell in the cell and, the, you know, all the crazy things. But sometimes just a cool one-on-one or a tag team match without all that stuff is cool, too. Like, I like how Dreamwave is really good about mixing it up. Oh, yeah. One of the things that Dreamwave really gets right is when you say just a wrestling match, guys, there are so many different styles of professional wrestling, and that's something that I'm very big on. Like, I am a nerd for pro wrestling. I have been for most of my life. And, you know, you go to Dreamwave, and you're going to see the Lucha Libre style. You're going to see the American pro wrestling style. You're going to see a few guys that try to do, well, you know, what's called strong style. And, you know, occasionally you'll get guys that know some stuff that's, you know, the world of sport or British style. Catch as catch can, as they say. And then there's also just the modern, I don't want to say cruiserweight style, but, you know, a, a more American high-flying style of wrestling. All of that's presented for you and is available at Dreamwave. And that's one of the things that I think they get right is that it's just a good mixture of these different varieties of what wrestling is. And it seems that Dreamwave gives every wrestler, every character, time to be a character and perform. What I like is it's like everybody's got their own individual time. It's not rushed. It's not like, hey, get out there, wrestle, go. Like, you you get to see everybody as a character as well. Absolutely. Oh, and I mean, comedy wrestling, too. I would have been remiss if I didn't bring that up. Wrestling can make you laugh. <laughs> and we've had some pretty funny moments in Dreamwaves. And that, like you said, that's always there. It's given time to breathe. It's, it's given time to let the audience digest it and absorb what they just saw. I had mentioned the Coyotes before. How did this group come about? All three of the, the Coyotes are actually students of mine. Our friends up at Zawa Live run training for new and aspiring professional wrestlers. And I was the head trainer for the first several classes. So the Coyotes are students of mine, and we became friends through that, basically. And we were traveling the shows together, and I think it was actually Connor Hopkins just had the idea of, why aren't we just a group? We were all in the car, and it was kind of like, yeah, why aren't we? Uh, like, <laughs> duh. We started, yeah, we started brainstorming some ideas, and I had already started calling myself Old Evil Bad Coyote, Christian Rose. So then we started just spitballing ideas, and then it became, why aren't we just those darn coyotes and that's where it came from yeah i love being in a group of those guys they're some of my best friends i think that we have different styles for sure <laughs> especially in ring and i think it complements each other very well the last dreamwave show i teamed with connor hopkins and uh if you guys get the chance to watch that match it's available it's up on iwtv i loved it i think that's one of the best tag matches i've had in a long time love teaming with connor i love teaming with damian i love teaming with Berna. And hopefully in the future, I'd love to get to a point where we can do six-man tags and eight-man tags at Dreamwave. I think there's a lot of a lot of fun to be had there. But yeah, I love those guys to death. Who is the guy with the kind of longer hair that exudes personality as soon as he comes out of the walkway? That's in the Coyotes? Yes. Longer hair? That's Connor. That's okay. Connor Hopkins. He is, no offense, but as a wrestling fan, he's probably my favorite just because I've always liked the bad guy. 
WWE, my favorite guy was Ted DiBiase. I love the Million Dollar Man. I was a huge yep. fan of Roddy Roddy Piper when he was a heel, not a face. Like, I've always been that guy. And Connor does a very, very good job of making everybody mad. Oh, yeah. Connor's one of my absolute best students. He's one of my best friends. I'm not going to throw it out here because I think then it ruins the fun. But when you learn who his favorite wrestlers are and like his influences in wrestling, you'll never not see it. You know, <laughs> he just bleeds through in his own uh, work and his own style. No, he's immensely talented. I, I think the sky's the limit for him. And the Coyotes in general, as soon as you come out, I mean, there's booing and you're like, oh, you don't like them, but you boo because you like to not like them. And that's part of wrestling. And I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's been a shift in wrestling since, honestly, about 96 when the NWO started, where occasionally bad guys can be cool. We saw it with the NWO, you saw it with the Bullet Club. Cool bad guys, you know, it's a very divisive topic. It's a very hot topic. I am of the belief that you can be a bad guy and be cool, but it works best if the good guy is a little bit cooler. Uh, sometimes that's hard to do. Yeah, man, the Coyotes, it's gotten... Great reaction, especially from Dreamwave and a few other places where we're able to really lean into it and, and work as a group. And yeah, it's it's really fun. It's some of the best stuff I think I've got to do. Awesome, good stuff. Who are some of your influences as you're growing up watching wrestling and decide to be a wrestler yourself? Who are some of your influences? My first big one was Jake the Snake Roberts. I love that he seemed so real, especially back then when everything was so over the top and, for lack of a better word, cartoonish. Just watching him talk, because like everybody else, when they would do interviews, were yelling and screaming, you know, when I get my hands on you and the Pontiac Silverdome brother or whatever, and then Jake Roberts would just speak, and it seemed so menacing. Like, he just seemed like an actual person. He was a huge influence on me, especially even still in the way that I do interviews. I, I try not to yell a lot when I'm doing interviews or promos. I prefer to just, just conversate, you know, and uh, explain things. Beyond that, Chris Jericho is my absolute favorite wrestler of all time. Randy Orton is a, a big influence for me. Christian, big influence on me and my namesake as well. Chris Hero actually was a big influence on me as far as like in-ring style. So I kind of took bits and pieces from all those guys and tried to blur them together and then put my own take on like what the character is and who the personality is and then came up with this. So add you with those guys and you got quite an amazing stable oh absolutely and they all have a role to fit and they all have a role to fill so i always get asked my top five i switch a couple of them i mean bret hart steve austin will always be in there undertaker those three they never leave but sometimes mm -hmm. I'll, I'll swap the other two macho man finds himself there sting will find himself there Chris Jericho finds himself there. And every time I say Chris Jericho, they're like, how is he in your top five? I'm like, how is he not in your, at least, conversation to be in your top five? Yeah, like, nobody has had or is likely to have a career like Jericho. I don't think it'll ever be replicated. You know, the guy's been a success literally everywhere he's ever went, has been a top-tier guy, has reinvented himself genuinely more times than I can count, and has always managed to stay at the top at the top and at the forefront of of the industry and i think that for someone to do that for over 30 years is just remarkable you know yeah 
I remember watching him as a kid. We had the ponytail straight up. He had the little mustache yeah. beard thing. You know, Rawls, Jericho. I definitely remember him in, in WCW Nitro and all the crazy stuff he was doing there with the, what was his bodyguard's name? Rufus with the half cut off shirt? Ralphus. Yeah, Ralphus. Like, to, just to see the progress and like, not the progress, but the evolution of him as a person, his character, and he still stayed funny. He still, you know, was able, you were able to laugh at him, but you had to take him serious in the ring, too. Oh, for sure. And, like, I was just watching Dynamite this uh, week, and I looked, I was watching a segment he was in, I was like, Chris Jericho looks like he is only 32 right now. Like, he occasionally will just find this bottle from the Fountain of Youth and just reset himself. Plus, he's still doing, like, the lion salt and everything else. Like, I mean, he's obviously adapted and changed his style in ring over time, but it's like he can still pull these things out, you know, when he needs to, and I think it's just awesome. I don't really get to talk wrestling much, so when I do talk to somebody that, you know, loves wrestling as much as I do, you probably love it more. I mean, you are wrestling. You are a wrestler, so you took it a step further. I always love having these conversations. I try not to dive too far deep, and then all of a sudden we're talking for two hours about absolutely everything. Doesn't bother me a bit. I said earlier, you know, I'm a bit of a shut-in. It's hard to get me to do interviews. Well, then once you get me going, the trick is getting me to shut up. There's several things that, like, once I get going, I can just go on and on and on about. And wrestling is definitely at probably at the top of that list. And I know we, we had the conversation about, oh... Well, I guess I did. I brought up, like, hey, I don't want to say it's fake, you know, because it's not the physicality the athletic ability there's no faking the stuff that happens in a ring the bumps you know all that stuff there's no faking that sure scripted it's entertainment but every single thing on tv and movie is scripted it's entertainment sorry this is a spoiler reality tv is not really reality it has a script as well so i always look at it that way and i'm like how could you not like something that has good-looking females or good-looking guys if you're a female or you know that's what you're about athletic craziness every show from different kinds of athletes comedy there's serious there's story plots it has everything that you would want when you go to a movie when you read a book it has it all in an hour two three hour show every single time for sure and like i love whenever somebody will you know marvel over and flip out when tom cruise does his own stunts in a movie and I'm like, don't, like, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. That's impressive. I, I like it myself. I do my own stunts every week. Part of the problem is that people just have a preconceived notion of what wrestling is. And it's like, if you really think about it, we are athletes, actors, improv stars, performers, you know, all of these things in one setting, in one fell swoop. And you don't get that with any other type of entertainment. A buddy of mine used to call it physical vaudeville. You know, and I was kind of like, oh, that's that's fairly accurate. And I like that. It's a th Whenever somebody says like, oh, it's fake. I try to just let it go because that person's already made up their mind, you know, <laughs> and it's going to be hard to convince them. But like you said, dude, there's if you watch the credits for a reality show, it says writer, it says producer, it says director. <laughs> like They're telling you that it's fake, but you still act like like people think that Survivor is real. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? These people are in front of a production crew. Like, they're in no danger. Um, as soon as they turn off the camera, they're like, hey, can I get a water? Hey, can I get that Rice Krispie yeah. treat over there? Like, yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's a thing, too, where I, I also tell people, well, one, you can't fake gravity, you know? And two, if this were fake, people wouldn't get hurt doing it. 
I don't even like to really get heated about it because, like I said, there's no you can't argue with these people. But if I think that if people would maybe just change their perspective on what wrestling is, then you would grow more casual fans. You know, we always hear about the casual fan, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, but most people that don't get into it they're not going to get into it. You know, for the believer, no proof is necessary. For the skeptic, no proof is enough, right? Like, I can show footage and pictures and tell stories about people getting injured in wrestling. And then the argument is, oh, well, that's because it didn't go as it was supposed to. I'm like, correct. But (laughs) does that not add the layer of reality to it that you're looking for? Because it's always people that say, oh, it's fake. Okay, well, here's some horrific things happening. Oh, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. I'm like, yes. (laughs) you know, I don't understand like what it is that that, that the, those people want. You know, maybe they want to watch slap fighting because that's great. <laughs> I like that you bring that up, though. I mean, we'll take the uh, Demar Hamlin deal, football player, Buffalo Bills safety, and his yeah. heart gets hit right at a single time. That that wasn't supposed to happen. There's never supposed to be CPR and everybody freaking out to get ambulances and you know medical help on a football field. That's not supposed to happen. I'm agreeing with you, but does like does that discredit football? Does that lessen the entertainment value of football because of that? You're right. That wasn't supposed to happen. Last I heard, by the way, he was on the road making a recovery. So yeah, he's already. I think he's supposed to be at the game this weekend, which is awesome. You know, good. Like you don't want to see people injured or anything like that, regardless of what they're partaking in. But like, does him making that recovery? Does that mean like, oh, it wasn't that bad? Does that lessen the you know, actual injury or the incident? No, of course not. He was almost dead on the field. I don't know. People just get really hung up on what they think is real and what they think is not. I I don't know. I think people just kind of set their own boundaries on this is real, that's not, and anything outside of those boundaries is not worth talking about with them. And it's it's frustrating. It's it's really frustrating sometimes. I think our conversation that we just had, like right now, furthers my theory that we're all superheroes the things that we're able to do mentally physically whatever yes we don't have a cape no we can't become invisible we can't pick up this car in front of me and throw it across the states or nothing like that but to be able to do the things that we can do and recover the way that we can i mean to have your heart go through a like a seizure, a panic attack, any of that stuff and survive and, you know, break a bone, like a bone in your body is not supposed to bend the way that they do. And then they're able to heal and you're able to get back doing what you're doing. We're all superheroes. And I think what we just said makes it more evident that that's what it is. Oh, for sure. I'm never going to claim to be the best athlete in a wrestling ring at all, but I can do some pretty cool stuff. And when I was a kid, I never in a million years thought that would be happening. You know, I think that if you have the right mindset and you focus and you train and, you know, practice and everything else, you'd be surprised what you can do. Like, you'd be shocked what you can do. I agree, my friend. I agree. This conversation started with wrestling and now it's become like life lessons. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them in wrestling, honestly. True, true. We're like now uh, like professors of life. <laughs> that might be the title of this podcast, Professors of Life. <laughs> if you ever get a spot on a wrestling program or through a promotion where you get like a spot where you're like interviewing people or you're talking, you know, like the Piper's Pit or, you know, Jericho had one, things like that. What was Jericho's call? I can't remember. 
highlight reel. Yeah, the highlight reel. There we go. There we go. There we go. If you ever get one of those, you have to call it Professor of Life with Christian Rose. <laughs> I love it. If you guys want, you can uh, check out my podcast. It's called What Are We Even Doing? It's uh, myself and Coyote member Damien Deschain. We review old wrestling shows, uh, sometimes new wrestling shows, and uh, sometimes movies even. We've had a couple of guests on here and there. Dreamwave roster member Bucky Collins was just recently on our show with us. We did a review of Extreme Rules 2020 with the Swamp Fight. Uh, it was arduous. <laughs> But, um, yeah, if you want, you can check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at W-A-W-E-B podcast. That's just what I'm using now. Uh, yeah, and uh, be sure to check out Dreamwave. And um, if you're listening to this and you're outside of the area, you can watch it on IWTV. And check out just check out Independent Pro Wrestling. If that's something you would ever want to get into or be a fan of or even get involved with, check out Independent Pro Wrestling. It's everywhere, and it's awesome. I know you're a movie buff, and we had talked about talking about movies. We're going to save it for next time. We're going to have to sure. do this again. Absolutely. I would love to be back on this. This is great. This is fun. Perfect. Christian Rose, I will be there February 11th watching you try to win your third Dreamwave title. It's going to be a blast. Am I allowed to pick favorites on this show? Yes, I am. It's my show. I make the rules. I'm picking Christian Rose to win a title. Thank you for coming on Edge of Your Seat Podcast and speaking with us. Anytime. Happy to be here. The fine folks at First Aid Bank just brought the chat with Dreamwave Wrestling's Christian Rose. Have you heard the news? First Aid Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? What about pay off a high interest credit card? Or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quillo loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender.